What are we doing that for, Ron? This is how I want to start the show today. This just got this just got real serious. Yeah. Randy's got a knife. I always knife have a yet. knife. You don't have a knife in your pocket at all time. Oh, I just about knocked off my Cambridge speaker. <laughs> got all got all fancy in my pantsy, about knocked over my white, beautiful speaker. Hey buddy. Hey man, how are you? <clears throat> How's it going? It's going. It's going. Yeah. You don't yeah. sound happy. No, I'm ha- I'm happy. We're gonna we're gonna try to do our best to talk about a topic today. Yeah, hold on. I'm gonna mute myself so I can cough. Okay. For those that are just uh, joining us, um, Randy's been a little bit under the uh, weather, but he is half man, half amazing. So I think he's gonna be just fine. <laughs> There he is. Fire it up. Yeah, I can do this. We're going to soldier through. Oh, my goodness. We're going to soldier through this. Yeah, and I believe, and you guys will be the first to let us know, I think we have solved the microphone volume problems. We're going to find out in the comments. We'll find out in a quick hurry in the comments section because these guys get excited Mm -hmm. about talking to us in the comments section. I wonder if they can hear that. I know I can, and it sounds beautiful. I think you should do that the entire time, the whole time. Yeah, it's not annoying at all. All right, buddy, let's get started. Folks, thank you so much for joining the Ron and Randy's Audio Hour podcast. We uh, good to be here, you. Ron. <laughs> it's good to be. It's good to be here. Thanks um, for coming in today. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talk a whole lot of nonsense and try to discuss things about hi-fi and we're typically you know if your microphone thing wasn't in front of those speakers it would look like a a print ad for those speakers it's so pretty the lighting on it thanks man i appreciate it jbl hdi 3600s i just got done reviewing them i'm done i feel a weight off my shoulders and I feel it's good. Like furniture grade mahogany. Yeah, real pretty. Real pretty. Four thousand bucks, so it better be real veneer, you know. So hey, I find guys. that hilarious that four thousand dollars gets you real wood veneer, which is like two millimeters of wood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like sometimes For four grand you should get it chiseled out of stone, so it's inert. <laughs> Super inert. Yeah, well, I mean, that's today's topic, right? Diminishing returns is what we're going to be jumping into. Yeah, I think it starts about $22. Everything after 22 I'm just kidding. What's, I'm uh, kidding. Kidding, Ron. What's No, you're fine, dude. What's new in your audio world before we jump into diminishing returns and make I had a fem- mess of this? I had female Black Panther come on the show. Oh, is that right? How did that go? Was she aggressive? No, she was real nice. She real polite. Uh, very nice, very well spoken. Um uh no issues like with translation at all. She liked the JBLs. Um wish they came in a different wish the woofer was a different color and then uh was interested to know if they're available in Wakanda. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Mhm. You yeah. like those little JBLs? 
I do. I do. And I didn't know they measured well. And that made me sad that I liked them. Um, and <laughs> then I found out that they, they measured well. Yeah. I, actually, it kind of like, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess my ears are okay. That I like the way they sounded. But yeah. I don't know. It's still, I like to be a rebel. Yeah. Um, no, JBLs were awesome. Uh, I got a yummy, yummy, yummy tube amp lification fire. The Rysong Alpha 1010. Oh, wow. And I got to tell you, I don't even think I need to do the review because it's awesome. There you go. It's awesome. I'm going to yeah. do a review, though. Yeah. What uh? What are you hearing? right away what is what is the first thing that you're like oh instrument separation okay just openness real realism realism it goes from music to sounding like a performance instantly yeah instantly and it's so weird and it's not like i'm not running on, on good amps it's just all of a sudden it's different yeah not necessarily like Hugely different from a sound perspective, but hugely different from an experience perspective. Wow. And if you'd have told me that when I before I got it, I'd have said you're taking crazy pills. Crazy pills. Yeah. I mean, Some audio files are. Yeah. 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 They, are they under psychiatric care? I think Guttenberg is. I think he's yeah. I think yeah. Guttenberg is. I he'll pull through. I believe in Guttenberg. He'll make it. Yeah. I, th I actually think Steve's probably one of the more well-balanced individuals in this <laughs> hobby. Yeah. Because yeah. if you say something to Steve that he doesn't like, he just goes, eh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a sweetheart of a guy. I like Steve a lot. Yeah, tubes, man. So kind of just a realistic performance, instrument separation. Yeah, there's a thickness to or a um, fullness to the mid range. Yeah, that I haven't heard. Like, I mean, I've heard. It. I don't know. It just seems like, and this is so esoteric the way I'm describing this. It just seemed like it rounded things out and it brought things. I don't know, man. It just made things more realistic. Like, if I closed my eyes then it just, I don't know. It seemed like stuff was real, not music anymore. And don't get me wrong. I've had that kind of similar experience, but it yeah. still felt, it felt two dimensional, but in space from like mm -hmm. a vertical and lateral still felt 2d. Now it feels like, okay. It feels like it's putting things in the room, different places, but now it feels like it's three real. Yeah, three-dimensional, yeah. And it's not that expensive to get this how, experience. How much is it? I don't know. I on oh, So it's kind of, it's from ChinaHiFiAudio.com. Okay. Okay. And over there, like, if you get it from them, it's like 250 bucks. Now, I don't know what shipping is the U.S., um, but then you can also get it on Amazon from Tube Store. And it's like 460 bucks. That's weird. But yeah, China Hi-Fi was great, and it got here in less than a week. Wow. 
So I wonder if Amazon is including shipping with that. Maybe that's part of the price difference that we're seeing. I'm curious. Huh. Well, I don't think, know if it's coming from the same people. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. Rysong A10 EL34 says not available on China Hi-Fi's website. Oh. Never mind. I'll have to ask him. They have an A20 that's available. Hmm. That's $335. Okay. Okay. I guess it's only available on Amazon. Amazon. Let's see how much it is on Amazon. Amazon. Right song. I like it when I'm sick because my voice sounds cool. Yeah, you do sound pretty cool. Yeah. 450 bucks on Amazon, which I, st- I would argue still is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 450 bucks. Okay. Well, dude, that's awesome. Anything else going on in your audio world? Anything else that is new and exciting and kind of interesting? Um, I'm on a gag order on some very awesome speakers that I listened to last night with the two. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh. Ron, it's very exciting. Um, oh. uh, it's the first review that I want to do like fancy schmancy. I want to be fancy in my fancy with it and do like yeah. camera stuff. I want to do okay. camera, camera stuff with it. You want to do some cat. You want to turn on the camera and get the camera going. <laughs> yeah. I want to do some, <laughs> some apertures and, uh, a focal length and depth of fields. You could oh, uh, depths of fields. Well, you the could always reach out to the. Your phone's lighting up. Do you got to take a call? No, I'm just okay. saying, lighting up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. Get what out of here, saying? phone. I was gonna say you could always contact the DMX network, and they can help you with apertures and maybe put some piano stuff in the background. I'm mm-hmm. sure he could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna put my R2D2 mug forward and slightly out of focus, and then the magic speakers behind it. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's exciting, dude. Very cool. I yeah. also have some magic speakers that will be out in late March. So it's entirely yeah. possible it might be the same brand that you are. It's maybe. doubtful. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Exciting what stuff, else Randy. New? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff here. I got the Blue Sound Node 2i, Orchard Audio, Pecan Pie, Pecan Pie, um, an SMSL amp. Yeah. Um, Lox G amp. I think I've talked about that. Ooh, the Crown um, amp. Like the... Uh, it's still class D amp. It's not little, but they mm-hmm. use it in like PA systems and stuff. And then audio files are like, no, let's let's use that. That's and, cool. Uh, so I got I have that. And then uh Well that's cool. Yeah. What how about you? You seem oh, I also got Q acoustic stuff in 3020, 3030i. Very exciting. I also have uh, the Q Acoustics Concept 300s, they're out for delivery. So I'll be playing with those. That's what's you just going did on here. I did the 500s. I haven't done the the, the bookies. The bookies with the tripod. Are those the... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, fa- the fancy stands. Or is that the stands. Yeah, the ones that look stupid. <laughs> it looks. I'm sorry. I'm medicated. Hey, um, they hey look, Nick, if they you're look watching, like this is that's what Randy said, not me. That's what Randy, the cheap audio man, not MacGyver over yeah. here. I did not say that about your your yeah. speaker stands. I'm sure they're great from Q Acoustics, and I bet they're very affordable too. <laughs> they're probably like yeah. ninety nine dollars a pair. Fifty dollars? Yes, that's it. Thirty. You got it. Seven fifty. That's I it. have folding bar metal bar stools with a cushion on top from Walmart, and uh, I sent a picture to Ron because I thought it was funny because I saw a picture of those those funny uh, speaker stands that had all the all the legs that going everywhere yeah. and uh, looked like an octopus. And then I sent a picture of Ron of my folding bar stools. I said, "Hey, Ron, look at my fancy, my fancy uh, speaker stands. It, it's just like you. I have the fancy ones, just like Andrew Robinson. Do you see it? You did it. And Ron, you did it. And Ron was like, "It's that's a bar stool. It's a bar stool. It's a cheap bar stool. Resonating away. See how much those are? It isn't. I wonder. It's got a it's got a soft surface it's sitting on." Q yeah. acoustics speaker tripod. Oh, Q acoustics. Mm-hmm-hmm. Keep talking, I th- man. I think I think they are hundreds of dollars for those stands. I believe hundreds of dollars. But I bet you're right. I'm excited. I'm excited. I I'm curious. I was a big fan of the uh, Concept 500 and get to tackle the three hundos, which will be fun. Those are see. super deep, right? Those. Oh, mm-hmm. hold on. I'm getting close. Oh, oh well, they, they have some like somewhat tradition. Oh, no, they're there. <sighs> are they the Tensegretti ten speaker stand? Sure. Yes. No, okay, wait a minute. Concept 300 speaker stands. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. only $999. They're a thousand bucks for stands. I, I'm just going to shut my mouth at this point. This is going to be the episode that Randy's going to lose his mind. <laughs> what? what do they do? I mean, do they gather energy from the room? And then transfer it into the speaker. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, We're gonna find out. I mean, it's like my te- job to find out. Like Tesla style. Like they're just grabbing yeah. electricity out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about a nine hundred ninety nine dollar stand? I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. How do I feel about it? Yeah. How do you feel about that? First of all, let me back up. How important do you think it is to have a high-quality speaker stand underneath your bookshelf speakers? I think it's very important, and I have experienced it. What happens when you have a like a couple milk crates? You have resonance that bleeds into the milk crates, into the floor. It's it's just not a proper way to isolate the loudspeaker from the substrate 
that's not the way to do it. Okay. What is the most affordable way to do it? Cinder Mono, blocks? Monoprice makes what I consider very good affordable stands. I think they're around 60 bucks a pop. They have four steel columns that you can fill with kitty litter, sand, things like that. And uh, I like Lucky those stands. Charms. Lucky Charms, you could. I would not recommend it, but you could do Lucky Charms, and uh, I think those are very good. I like them a lot. Okay, so let's say we tackle the stand, and the stands are perfect, right? Not resonating and at all. Yeah. Don't you have to start, like worrying about like what's right next to your speaker, like a lamp? Leave a lamp over there. Is that going to resonate? Well, if it's properly isolated, no. That's the, the purpose lamp of the or the stand. speaker. Well, the stand is to, well, there's a lot of different concepts with stands, but if it's properly isolating the loudspeaker, then no, the lamp wouldn't be resonating. Oh, okay. Even though it's getting hit by frequencies from the speaker. Oh, you're talking about like from the speaker hitting the lamp over there. No, I'm talking about vibrations that are going through the floor from milk crates and wonky solutions. Yeah. So my homemade stands are probably horrible. Maybe. <laughs> I have some furniture things in between the speaker, though. Maybe. Does that count? Maybe. I'm I'm sorry. I, we just went down a rabbit hole. We did. But we're talking about diminishing returns today, so I think this is fair. This is all part of the conversation. Do I think that these stands are worth a thousand bucks? Hell if I know, Randy. I got to review them and figure it out and see... Yeah, that's you know, kind of mean of me to say that. <clears throat> yeah, I well, I don't know. I mean, and I think that they do have a look, a very polarizing look that you're either going to go, Ugh, or you're going to go, oh, that looks actually really classy and that looks really neat. And I don't think you're going to find much of an in-between with these because they're, it's a very unique design, right? Mm-hmm. Um what I would say about stands in my experience is I once reviewed the Bucar S 300s real bassy mm-hmm. speaker. That woofer will dude, it'll punch you right in the mouth. I mean, big it'll time. Get you. Like a it'll longshoreman, hit, like a 35 like, year old longshoreman. You're going to, you're going to wake up a week later and regret the things you said about his wife. It was not a good idea. Yeah. Um, Knock the and, goatee right off your face. Right off your face. S300s hit like a tank. And the stands that came with the S300s were half-inch MDF and not great quality MDF. Well, I just plopped them down on the stands and I played them. And the amount of bass leakage and resonance that was going on was... It was wild. And there were times where I was listening at loudspeaker where I was like, this dude singing, everybody singing sounds like Barry White. I was just getting so much chesty coloration in all the vocals that it drove me crazy. Later down the road, you fill up the stands with sand as instructed in the manual, like you're supposed to do that. You put the speakers back up on top of it, clean, cleaned it all up. I. It was a surprising experience that I didn't see coming, and it blew my mind how big of a difference that made in 
cleaning up specifically mid bass and bass, mm -hmm. mo mostly mid bass. So I think that there could have been a frequency when that woofer is hitting that the the empty chamber inside of that speaker stand was now lighting wow. up. It was lighting it. Ooh, yeah. like a, blowing mm. into a Coke bottle, you know? It's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't sound very good until we put well, sand in it. It's interesting because I've, okay, I've tested or listened. I, we don't have to say test. I have listened to over probably 45 pairs of speakers in the last four months. Yeah. Okay. The majority of those have been placed on my horrible homemade speaker stands mm -hmm. and not once have i been like oh my gosh this is horrible but my stands are also kind of like hollow right so i don't know i don't know i you know what i'd have to do i'd have to listen to a bad stand which i've probably been listening to and then listen to a good stand yeah yeah i agree with that yeah you just got to experiment you know and then you go from there yeah so what about like glass is that a good stand substrate uh i don't know so much about glass i think it i think that i, I once talked to andrew jones about this when i was talking about this type of like damping characteristics and he made it sound like different types of materials which together resonate at different yeah of course they do is, yeah is is a good idea like that's you would actually oh, want that. okay so it's like tackling different instead of just like lead water steel man i'm not andrew I speak for him but it was something along those lines that's what a so, secondary shield is made up of in a nuclear submarine so like when you like if you had like a uh, glass stand though and then like if you remember the things where people would be like and then yeah. the glass yes. break. I wonder if yes. that would happen to your stands. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Not good. So the kids are I hope the kids have shoes on. Yes. One thing I will say is with those concept five hundreds, those will jack you up in a quick hurry because it seems like no matter how loud you play those speakers, you don't feel the effects of the speakers in the environment. And what I mean by that is all too often you get some big towers rocking and rolling. You feel like bass in the floor and walls mm -hmm. are rumbling and things are shaking. Not with, not with the concept 500s. You just have a performance in the room that just gets louder and more realistic sounding as you turn up the volume. And it's a, oh, cool. it's a mind melter of an experience that when you have that resonances, those resonances removed and taken away, and you're left with the performance it's 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 a discovery randy it really is and so so when the bass hits hard though do you still like feel it in your chest oh yeah yep it's okay it's you have it like in your the table's room. not well yeah your table's gonna rattle too though right uh i'm not getting as much rattling like on my side panels the walls as i normally do uh if i have like my atrium subs or anything else like I know some of the locations in my room that I always notice little rattles and with the concept 500s, it just seems like it's just cleaner. It's just, wow. It's, it's trippy dude. So resonance well, is that, a thing. Now you got my, my interest. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you, resonance is a thing because Q Acoustics, that's how they make their enclosures. They put a little yeah. little in, insert into it and then slam it together with like a sandwich. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's what they're known for. They, it obviously makes a difference because that's kind of a patented part of their speaker design. Dual gel core technology, if my memory serves me right. It's different layers of MDF sandwich with a non-settling gel. And mm-hmm. so the the cabinet walls, resonance-free is the way to be. Yeah, yeah and I think so. the front baffle, even on the 3020s, was like an inch yeah. thick. Yeah. 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 So when you say, I, I just thought of Oreos for some reason, double <laughs> Double thick Oreos. Yeah. It's kind of like that, Randy. It's a lot like a real cookie. I'd like to believe it is. <laughs> like Q Acoustics, a little secret on the inside. It's double stuff yumminess. Let's uh let's get off our Q Acoustics soapbox and stand. I'm sorry. It, you don't need to apologize to me or anybody, Randy. Because uh, feel like I hijacked a plane and then took it off course. <laughs> We're going this way over here. <laughs> We're just going to fly this thing out into the middle of the desert for about 30 minutes. So do you want me to kick this off or would you like to kick this off? Diminishing returns. I, dude, you don't, I mean, you probably, maybe you want to know my opinion, but I, I mean, do want to, I, I do. I probably think it's pretty low. However, I have started to experience, and I'm not going to say I have started to hear different. I've started to experience different things that I surmise may be more apparent and commonplace amongst higher priced pieces of equipment. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. So that's your starting viewpoint then okay yeah i say okay for me it's like 500 600 700 bucks maybe a thousand if it's really nice towers and then all right show me proof in the pudding show me in the pudding where it's better okay so what my viewpoint is and i'm going to say something radical and then we can peel this onion back and do the best we can because i've thought about this a lot I don't believe in diminishing returns in the sense that most people would think at all. I don't buy it. It's hogwash. It's nonsense. And I can give some specific examples to back up what it is that I'm trying to say. And I think I can do it pretty well. All right. Bottom line it for me, because I don't know. I don't know if I'm following you. Okay. So diminishing returns would say... At a certain price point, at a certain level, we're going to see a drop off in the experience, and it's just small little things from here. You will not continue to see a linear increase of enjoyment versus the sound. Yeah, start to see a. It's not going to go up in. Correct. The reason why I don't buy it. I, I kind of wish that it was that simple. The reason why I don't buy it is giving a specific example. I got in a pair of speakers that were $8,500. Mm-hmm. 
that have won awards. They're in magazines. They are heavily celebrated as these are unicorns. These are going to blow your mind. These are incredible. And Randy, they were one of the worst sounding speakers I have ever heard. I would take a, I'm not exaggerating. I would take most, if not all of the bookshelves that you have ever reviewed over these speakers. They were that bad. Oh, I thought you're going to go different different route i thought you're gonna be like yeah i got a hundred thousand dollar pair of of speakers and it made me cry on not because i spent a hundred thousand dollars made me cry because it was the most perfect musical performance ever well we can get there but what i'm trying to what i what i want to start with my thesis here is you can throw your money away at a bunch of bull ah a bunch of nonsense and both objectively and subjectively, these speakers were awful. They're terrible. And not one of these awards or magazines do any kind of measurements. And so you put two and two together of what's really going on behind the scenes. You can, you can figure that out if, you're, if you think it through. And I sent the speakers back, obviously. I gave my measurements, my impressions, what I thought, and I'm done. And I'm walking away from that scenario. On the flip side, Spatial Audio Sapphires, which are $5,000. So they're, we've now come down. We've come down in price. One of the best sounding loudspeakers that I've heard, and I would compare those to speakers that I've heard that are $15,000. And so this point of diminishing returns, it has truly been my experience is that you can waste your money on a lot of crap, and then you can find some gems out there that are expensive, but they will rival and pick fights with speakers that are far more expensive than those I had a So I had a conversation with one of my viewers last night over email, and he, he was recommending a kit that I get, or he actually wanted to buy the kit and send it to me. Well, for whatever reason, the manufacturer didn't want to send it to me, and I'm, it, the kit will shall remain unnamed. But his comment was, not the manufacturer, the viewer was, yes, this is supposed to be the best speaker under $500. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. $500. Because if we're saying this is the best speaker under $500, or this is the best speaker at $500, well, then we're making some pretty broad assumptions, right? We're we making are. We're making the assumption that A that speaker is voiced in a way that everybody should like it. And then we're taking a position of authority over everybody's subjective taste in what yeah. a speaker should sound, sound like. Yeah. And that's kind of like telling someone they need to like a certain food. This is the best food under a hundred dollars. Yes. Guess what? I don't like that food. So I always, whenever I hear best under 500 best under a thousand this speaker sound if it's a 300 dollars speaker this speaker sounds like a thousand dollar speaker does it does it really what yeah. does a thousand dollar speaker sound like right you're right and i think that it's just so complex like these are another example i just reviewed these these are four thousand dollars for these and the other night i did a, a live show and somebody asked hey ron would you actually buy those and i said no 
but they're still very good loudspeakers. And they do a lot of things, both objectively and subjectively, that I know for a fact a lot of audiophiles and hi-fi enthusiasts would absolutely celebrate. So, But you wouldn't buy them because they're not your flavor. Right. Doesn't so mean it, that it's not somebody's flavor. It's just not Ron Burgundy's. Ex exactly. These are all about presence and kind of a front row presentation. It's very exciting, and yet it never is shouty or fatiguing. So it's that front row type experience. And I got to say, a lot of people would dig what these have to offer. They're 4000 bucks, but I wouldn't. I would, there are many speakers that I would buy that I'm not joking, and this isn't a knock to them, that are $1,000 or $2,000 that I would pick before I pick these because they're not doing what I want out of a loudspeaker. And so this personally. conversation, personally, and so the conversation yeah. of diminishing returns, it doesn't work in the context of something like this. It's like, well, somebody might definitely pay 4000 for these, but I wouldn't because they're not doing the things that I want in hi-fi. But that doesn't make them bad either. No, it does not. It makes them great for certain people. Yep. And I think it just gets so jumbled together and people want to, what's the best speaker? What's the best speaker? What's the best speaker? It, it, it depends. And I know that makes everyone's mm -hmm. head want to blow up, but it really depends. Yeah. It does. That's why I think it's such a good thing to buy a laid back speaker and a lively speaker and spend time with both of them. Sure. And then figure out, you know, what, what do I kind of, what do I gravitate towards before you ever like, cause the worst thing is someone saves, save, saves. Let's say you save up a grand or 1500 to buy a pair of big boy or big girl speakers. Right. Yeah. And then you get them and you're like, this is it. This is yeah. it because it's too laid back or it's too bright or it's too lively or whatever. Yeah. I just, it's so funny that nobody talks about that. Or not a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. Best speaker in no, $10 million, Ron. Dude, it's it doesn't work. And so I think that there's times where we can bring diminishing returns into the conversation. But before we do, we kind of have to recognize that hi-fi and getting into hi-fi, it's rather complex. You know, it's like, one of the more common emails or questions that I'll get, you know, is this guy that's like, hey, I'm thinking about upgrading my speakers. And I'm like, great, that's awesome. Show me your room. And he's like in a bedroom, you know, or he's in just a tiny little area. And he, you know, he's thinking about doing all these crazy change. And I'm like, dude, there's only so far you're going to be able to take this. You know, it's like at some point physics is going to show up and say, you're in a small space you know, and it doesn't matter what speakers you start upgrading to or what gear you start changing out. Those changes might not be all that big of a deal. And so you have to take those things into consideration, you know, let alone yeah. we have guys that are like, Hey man, I'm thinking about upgrading my cables, you know? And it's like, you show me this rig and it's all wonky. It hasn't even touched acoustic treatment, hasn't even touched speaker placement, you know? And it's just like, what are you doing? Like what? What are, you, what are you doing? You know, so I just got a big box of cables delivered to me. <laughs> I no, I'm serious. I didn't request them. A viewer said, hey, I want to send you some cables. And I was like, all right. OK, send me some, send me some cables. So I have them. I haven't. I've opened them and I kind of peeked in. There's a lot of stuff in there. And uh, 
that's where they sit. So I'm going to try to figure out this cable thing. But you have to settle in on an amp and a set of speakers and a DAC before you're like, oh, yeah, this cable's so good. Because yeah. if, you, if you're switching stuff out constantly, how do you know if it's going to change anything? Yeah, right. You're correct. You know, and this is like, I think that we as hi-fi enthusiasts and audiophiles, we end up chasing our own tail like half of the time. And we're like, swap out this amp or that amp or this and that. And it's like, you haven't really like stepped back and look at the bigger picture of what all is happening here. What can I try for free before I even start thinking about tackling is an amp going to make a difference? You know, the subtleties and the changes, because we both agree that one amp can can definitely sound different from the next, but those No, they all sound the same. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, I'm like, I honestly thought like, <clears throat> if you'd have told me a year ago that I'd be like, yeah, this, you got to make sure this amp pairs well with the speaker. I'd have been like, yeah. I'd have probably slapped the books out of your hands and then Boom. pointed at you and laughed. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're drinking a latte, I definitely would have knocked the latte out of your hands and yeah. then just kept on walking. Yeah. But but now guess who's knocking the latte out of my hands? I don't know who it is, but the it's switched. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. Totally. It does. I had the best joke ever on the JBL um, review because yeah. their tweeter goes up to 40,000 hertz. Yeah. And I was like, 40,000 hertz? How's the, how's, I bet the air's thin up there. <laughs> <laughs> like a total nerd joke, like only nerds would get. And I, I love nerd jokes. It's interesting with my uh, with my Clio Pocket, my measurement device. I recently found a setting kind of buried down, buried way down, hard to find. Those Italians, they know how to trick you. Um, and there's a setting to change it to 96 kilohertz instead of 48 for the uh, sampling rate. And when you do that, behold, guess what? I can now take measurements out to 40k. And I was like, oh. This is going to be interesting. And like these guys here, they they play the same game of we measure out to 40K. And I think this is actually a good thing to talk about in terms of diminishing returns is, yeah, they do. But you want to know what that tweeter looks like up there? It's like, wow, 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 whoa. It's, it's completely falling apart. It's doing a bunch of acrobats and ups and downs. It's literally dying up there and so I feel bad for it yeah i mean it is extending out that far way past human hearing and we have audiophiles that will say my speakers go out to 40k and i hear more ambience and air and extension and i say no you don't <laughs> i don't I, I don't disagree there's gonna be one of the first times i disagreed with you ron i okay. don't disagree with that and i'll tell you the reason why yeah there's still frequencies hitting your eardrum. Your brain may not be processing them as sure. sound, but it's still stimuli. 
sure, which is being processed somehow. It's sure. like describing the, hey, what does a rose smell like? Or hey, describe the color red. Yeah, without using another color. I see what you're saying. So even though you're you clearly can't hear up to 40k, it doesn't mean that that's not doing something. It doesn't that mean picking. that there's yeah, there's something that you're picking up. Yeah, and therein lies the ambig ambiguous nature of high fidelity. Yeah, the tube amp. Yeah, I mean you could probably measure it, and you can't. How do you measure? Oh my goodness, this instrument separation. I hear it, or the the three dimensional nature of the guitar or the singer, or how realistic? How do you measure that? Can you? I don't think so. It's no, all nebulous. What you can measure and what somebody would show you is you're listening to a whole bunch of distortion. And as soon as you hear that D word, it almost puts you into a, a defense mode like, oh, you mean this thing has a whole bunch of distortion? And yes. And it sounds I don't beautiful. care. I don't care what it has. I want more of it. And I, <laughs> I, I texted you today, Ron. And what did I say? I go, if, if this sounds this good at... <clears throat> excuse me, $400. I wonder what, and this goes into this, this conversation completely. I wonder yeah. what, what did I say? At a thousand dollars. I wonder yeah. what a thousand dollar tube amp would sound like. Yeah. Because if it's better than this, take my money. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting as you dive more into tubes and you experience different tube topologies, different types of tubes, and then as you do start climbing up the ladder, if you choose to, it's going to be interesting for you to find out what I found out for myself, which is the tubes make a huge difference. No doubt about that. The iron behind the tubes, 50-50. It makes as big of a difference. And when you start getting into transformers that are custom built or made by people that know how to build a great transformer, Dude, watch out because it starts moving the, the needle in really interesting directions. And that might be refinement. It might be even a more open presentation. It might be a more of a holographic experience. It could be more bass slam. It could be more airy and extended highs. When you start hearing that in a tube amplifier, well, then you've got an amp for life. Like you might be done. Like, yeah, this is... This is perfect, you know? Yeah, so I was talking to a buddy of mine, a viewer who has become a close personal friend, and he had the same one, and he said, yeah, I sold it. I'm like, why? This yeah. is incredible. But yeah. you're, so I've been, I guess you could say, bitten by the nebulous hi-fi hi bug to mm -hmm. where, like, okay, I get it. There's something else out there. Like mm -hmm. I've crossed the Rubicon, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's no longer just about how stuff sounds. It's now, how does it sound and how, and it, I always, there was a bit of that with soundstage and imaging, of course. Yeah. But it still sounded like it was coming from somewhere. Yeah. When it sounds like it's just present. Yeah. I'm like, Okay. I get it. I've been bitten and I want more. I just noticed that your, your words say MacGyver underneath your face. 
Yeah, today I'm MacGyver. Did you build something? No. I stole the name, though. So, take that, MacGyver. Yeah. I'm going to run with it, Randy. Well, you're committed now. It's down there. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't changing it. I was going to change mine to Captain Poo Poo Pants, but I couldn't figure out how to change it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, I guess that in the traditional sense of diminishing returns, I don't think that it is as simple as saying, speaking about like loudspeakers, which is the example we've been given, when you hit a certain price point, things start tapering off. I don't think it's that easy. I will say that when a speaker is engineered well and they know what the heck they're doing, depending on that type of a loudspeaker, let's use ELAC as a great example, phenomenal example. Um, you know, you get into the Unify 2.0s, trying to now best that type of a design, right? Moving up the ladder, I think we can start discussing subtleties, right? There's going to be some subtle differences that we are expecting to hear when the Unify mm -hmm. reference comes out. What will those subtleties be? Is the speaker going to sound profoundly different than what he's already done in the Unify 2.0s? Probably no. not. I don't know. Maybe. I doubt it. I, I think the voicing will ultimately stay the same. But knowing what I know about Andrew and what he does with the reference is he's like, I know what these kids want. They want bomb. <laughs> they want bombs to be dropping. They want more. Yeah. They want the same thing, but more of it. And so. Yeah. The diminishing returns in that example is you're going to get deeper bass, and I think we will. You know, the funny thing is the UV fifty twos already slam the they way slam. it is. I, I mean, that was that was one of my biggest things about the speaker. I'm like, good gravy, good gravy. This thing is, mm. yeah. It's just it picked up a piece of broken two by four and just started swinging around his head, knocking stuff like a, over like a madman. Yeah. Like right. hacksaw Jim Duggan rolling down <laughs> fr Friday night live, whatever it was called, pumping it up in the air. And then, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I'm yeah. like, all right, whatever. Good job, Andrew again. But yeah. it's so interesting that, so there is, okay. Okay, let's say there's a lot of diminishing returns. Let's say the ELEC Unify UB52 is kind of a benchmark, all right? Yeah, so sure. $500, you know what? You can spend a lot more. Are you going to get mm, measurable? Are you going to get a lot better measurements? I don't know, maybe, whatever. Are you going to get a lot better experience? Well, again, that's kind of subjective. But then it's like you can go down like JBL, stage A130. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to that. It's a $180 speaker. I'm like, I like this better than the Studio 530s. Yeah. $180. But it's like going to that DVD bin at, at the Walmart checkout line. Yeah. You got to dig through a few before you find that copy of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz on the same disc. And that's, yeah. that's a keeper. You want Simon Pegg, two different movies for $5. Yeah. Yeah, that's an analogy well, about that's a good speaker. That's what I was trying to say. No, you're right. You're totally right. And I think that 
I think that what makes it a, even a bit more challenging is using this Unify 2.0 as a great example. Well, what if we bring in a MagnaPan LRS? What if we do that? Well, it's like, uh, the LRS is literally going to do some things that are just so crazy and mind melters. And yet they don't do half of the things as the Unify 2.0s dynamics, base slam, things like that. And so diminishing like returns, comparing the best salad at $600 to the best steak at $600. It's it is. And, and the problem is, is that when we start discussing diminishing returns, it really needs to be more specific in hi-fi. And that's my major point that I'm hoping people take away is it's almost like the right question would be is Ron, if I look at the MagnaPan LRS, compared to the 1.7s, which are like a thousand bucks more, you know, or $1,500 okay. more. Now we're talking what? oranges to oranges, apples to apples. Exactly. Or here's another great one is what about the Unify 2.0 bookie versus the towers? What happens if I decide to go towers, Ron? Is there going to be that big of a difference? And I would tell you in terms of the Tonal characteristics in the voice and the speaker, you will hear no difference at all. None. The only thing you will notice with the towers is you're going to be able to play them louder with more authority and confidence in the bass. So you can get your rage, the machine going and let your neighbors and your neighbor's neighbors know that there's a concert in your house. If That's you it. do that during a video, then you get copyrighted and all the money from that video goes back to Rage Against the Machine. Don't do it, Randy. It's a bad idea. Too late. Too late. <laughs> so here's a funny thing. All right. So <clears throat> let's see. The new uh, Unify with mm -hmm. the, the bomb dropper. Okay. So now we have the, the Unify bomb dropper bookshelf. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that would sound like, the bomb dropper, compared to the Uni 552 floor stander. Mm. I wonder the floor stander and the new bookshelf are going to be more similar than they're dissimilar. Huh? Yeah. What do you think about that yeah. conundrum in your brain? You got MacGyver. I'm, I'm going to have to go and build contraption that gives me the answer because I don't I don't know. That's, that's where things would get interesting. And I, I would say this. This is where, and something that I plan on tackling here pretty soon is, then you're gonna get into the conversation of, maybe I should be considering the bookies and a sub to give me a bit more versatility in terms of placement, what I wanna do with it. Because guess what? As good as the towers, the Unified 2.0 towers are, they're, they're not dropping that much lower. It's not right. get this it's only wrong. A couple. It's only a couple uh, hertz lower. It's literally that you can just play that bass louder. It has more heft and weight behind it. There's just more bass output and people get this wrong all the time. And I keep trying to tell them like, hey, if you're not cranking it, if you're not, then bookies do have some interesting advantages with I think a they have sub. A whole heck of a lot of advantages. They got a lot of advantages with a sub or in two subs, if you don't mind. If you do 10 subs if you, ten, or 10 subs. So I have a question. If we're when you are ready to pivot away from this, and I hate that term because we use it all Let's the time. Pivot. All right. <clears throat> so base 
subwoofer, low frequency hear, uh, fatigue, listening fatigue. And I know that it's a thing because, number one, I have gotten it before to where there's just a pressure on your ear, it, your ear hurts, and then I was like, turn down the gain on the subwoofer and it goes away. One of my viewers was like, I don't know what's going on. This is killing me. My my, It just hurts. I was like, turn your sub off and listen to the same stuff you're listening to and tell me if it hurts. And he's like, I did it. And guess what? My It doesn't hurt anymore. I'm wondering if there's stored energy mm. from the room or whatever you call it. Room. What is it? Room mm. node. Is it called a room, room modes? Nodes? M, modes. M Mary. Room modes. Yeah. I'm going to call it node. Alamode. Okay. Alamode. Sure. I like Alamode better. A room Alamode. Okay. So if yep. you have a room Alamode at a specific frequency, what's that doing? Because usually he, uh, listening fatigue is associated with higher frequencies, but I've personally had it with lower frequencies. I, I haven't. So I don't know if I'm just not sensitive, you know, to that. I haven't had listening fatigue to my memory. Have you ever had like a pair of heavy handed noise canceling headphones on? Not a whole lot, Randy. I don't, I don't venture too much into noise canceling, but I, I, I have tried some. Sure. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's similar to what that feels like. Like that kind of pressure. Yeah. Just kind of an empty pressure and it can be somewhat, um, um, I don't know. Not nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess uh uncomfortable. What are what are some good ways to avoid like problems with diminishing returns? How how can you avoid the pitfalls of wasting money on a bunch of nonsense? How can you do it? Watch a heck of a lot of YouTube that people that you trust, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, back twenty years ago you couldn't. Yeah. yeah, you had to go try it because even if you read a, a great review, it, let's say the review, this is the best amplifier under $5,000. Yeah. All right. And it's whatever, it's super lush and warm, and you just want detail for days. Well, then you still yeah. got the wrong amp. Yeah. True. I don't know. What's your, uh, what do you think? I do have a couple nuggets that I'm hoping will be helpful to our listeners. Number one, take a look at your placement. Take a look at the room, take a step back and see how everything is set up, just like Randy's doing, and consider making some changes. Try experiment with different placements. If you're on, you know, the short wall, try the try the long wall. If you have the flexibility of switching some things around, try that. Number two. Don't keep listening to the same music that you always listen to. This is a pitfall trap that I have I have fallen into this all the time where you actually get sick and tired of playing the same music over and over and over again. Start experiencing new music because what it's going to show you is that your system is actually maybe doing some interesting things that you just haven't heard before. And if you're just playing the same five tracks over and over again, you're not going to experience it. And so don't be afraid to start tackling new music, trying new music out, and just see where that goes. Because then you might not even 
have to spend a dime. You mean you, you don't need to upgrade your amplifier or this or that. In orders of importance, I would say tackle the room first, consider placement, that is free. Speakers are gonna make the biggest change after that, in my opinion, long before we start getting into the diminishing returns of, you know, amplifiers, sources, you know, things of that nature. Do we agree there? Um, I'm not disagreeing with you, but when you say tackle the room first, I'm at a loss. I didn't, I wouldn't even know tell somebody where to start. Yeah. Besides so what I throwing up a curtain or something. I don't know. I mean, tackle the room first. What does that mean? Yeah, that's that's fair. What I meant to say is I'm not even actually suggesting that you need to worry about acoustic treatment or buying anything. What I'm saying is take a look at how things are set up and experiment with changing the way things are set up. And so if you haven't ever tried pulling speakers away from the wall, moving them further apart from each other, start experimenting with that stuff first to see what happens. So that's what I meant by tackle the room first. I got gotcha. you. Be willing to switch things around before you even start thinking, do I need a new CD player? Like do that first. Yeah. Whoa. <clears throat> Sorry. My voice cracked. Yeah, I like it, Ron. Good stuff. Then because you get to have it's rearranging your furniture. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Um, I'm not trying to plug in my own stuff, but I do have what's called lots, which is loudspeaker optimization techniques for soundstage. If you're after soundstage and you want a performance in the room, then I'll leave a link that you can check out. Why wouldn't out. you want to plug your own stuff? I'm, I guess that's true. I do want to plug my own stuff. Check out lots. Cause it's awesome. Um, well, it's not like it's, it's not like you're trying to sell them Amway, Ron. It's, no, it's all free, free information <laughs> that can free. maybe help them enjoy their music better. It's just a video. And it's, it's not a, a multi-level marketing scheme that you're getting them to sign up for. And then they need to get five more people to sign up for. If you act now and you reach out, I'm just kidding. No, you can yeah. get in on the ground floor of this lots thing. I'm telling you right now, you, it'll take ground off, floor, ground yeah. floor. Um, yeah. But I do want to say this, and I say this with humility, lots is not for every single speaker. There are some speakers that are designed to be placed closer to the wall. Um, and so you just gotta, you gotta be willing to experiment and experimenting is free. Just takes a little bit of time to, you know, mess around and have some fun. You're so, darn right. Yeah. You're darn right, Ron. Yeah. Um, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? We are doing uh, chili, white chili, chicken chili is what we're doing. Because we got chili? Some, yeah, white chili. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Is it, isn't it like bean soup? What? I don't get it. <laughs> White chili. What makes it white? Alfredo sauce? No, I don't know. Like meat and Alfredo sauce? Say this is chili. It's white chili. This is this is my wife. She said we're going to do white chili. And I said, yes, ma'am. We are. That's what I say to my wife when she I says that. I guess you could put chili powder in like Alfredo sauce. I think that she uses like great northern beans. I think she uses chicken. And I think she uses green chili, you know, for the heat, for the spice, and we'll see where this goes. I'll send you pictures, Randy. I know you will. 
you do all the time when I'm pulling <laughs> pulling leftovers out of the trash and eating it kind of like looking around to make sure no one's watching me. I'm eating out of the trash and Ron's like, hey, look at this perfect presentation of a, of a <laughs> fancy stuffed bell pepper with farm raised onions that, you know, sun dried tomatoes and stuff. There meanwhile, is a 100% chance this is true. Meanwhile, I'm eating a pizza crust that I pulled out of the garbage and had to yes. like sc- scrape coffee grounds off of. One of the one of my favorite things you've ever said is that you're like a homeless man in your own home. You just eat the left the kids leftovers. That made yeah, me well, laugh. They're not so gonna, hard. they're not going to eat it and they're throwing it away. That's my money. I don't want them yeah. to throw away my money. So yeah. I'll eat it cuz nobody yeah. else will. Nobody else. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Biggest takeaways. We're done here. What is your final thoughts on diminishing returns? Go. I mean, it's a moving target, man. I mean, to your point, you can't. It's there is no. There are some rules that sometimes apply in some settings. For the most part, there's no broad stroke rules, except for maybe you know a room acoustics, but like best speaker under here under two hundred dollars or what's that? You're gonna find gems under two hundred. You're gonna find gems under five hundred. You're gonna find gems over five thousand. You're gonna find poo-poo balls at 8,000, right? And you're like, yes. hey, I saved up for my $8,500 speakers. And then they're going to be like, what? These are broken. Can I send them back? And they're like, no, there's a 20% restocking fee. Can you imagine a 20% restocking fee on an $8,500 speaker? That would be it's fun like to pay. That, I would, that would $1,500 restocking fee. <laughs> or you could buy a pair of e- elac unify ub52s and the amp a turntable and you something buy else. like a hundred pairs of e- <laughs> just have a whole wall of elacs yep. now you can return them there's a there's a 20 percent uh, restocking fee i couldn't have said it better uh myself i think that it's less about how much money you spend it's how you spend that money that's what's important and so um i couldn't have said it any better i think that's a, a great way to wrap up the show awesome you got to curate your stuff. Yeah, we're done here, guys. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Ron and Randy's Audio Hour. This podcast is available at all of the major podcasting locations. Information is down below. Available and, uh, at Walgreens and CVS pharmacies. It is not, but you can shop there and buy white chili. Maybe. Coming soon. We're going to bottle it up. We're going to sell it at we're not, we're not gonna I, I want to hear I want to hear a report all right white buddy. chili what about green oh there is green chili that's silly Randy what about yeah. uh or, orange chili yeah chili's already kind of orange um yeah. trying to think of a cup pink pink chili yes that's next on next week's episode blue pink chili. chili there pink it is. Blue and blue chili, chili. All right, guys, thanks for watching. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming in today and joining us on the Ron and Randall Show.